Welcome to this bonus episode of Talk Commerce, where we explore how merchants, agencies, and developers experience commerce and the communities they live in. This week, we host a panel with Amazon Web Services and Wagento on how Wagento was successful in launching more than 200 stores on the AWS platform using Magento. Kenny Rajan, AWS Senior Solutions Architect, runs us through the benefits of AWS and why you should host your Magento store on the AWS platform. Brent walks us through the solution that was brought to Universal Music Group to help launch more than 200 Magento stores and 300 different channels in a short amount of time. If you're listening to this podcast and you want to see the slides, you can find them on the website at talkcommerce.com. This episode is recorded on July 7th, 2021. Cloud is a new normal for companies of any size. Buying, maintaining, upgrading, and disposing of machines is expensive and complicated. Amazon Web Services, managed by eWay Corp, offers an easy-to-use, flexible, cost-effective solution to all your infrastructure needs. eWay Corp can provide a secure, reliable, scalable, high-performance network that will make your office hum, not literally. eWay Corp has saved its customers an average of 31% on their IT costs while adding 62% to the bottom line efficiency. To top that, their customers have seen 43% fewer security incidents. Go to eWayCorp.com to learn how you can start saving money and headaches by moving to the cloud. That's E-W-A-Y-C-O-R-P.com. My name is Brent Peterson, and I'm your host. Please remember to subscribe wherever you download your podcasts. And now, talk commerce. Uh, today, uh, we're, we're happy to present uh, Amazon Web Services. Kenny is here. Kenny, why don't you do, introduce yourself, tell us what you do for Amazon, and uh, maybe tell us one of your passions in life. Sure, sure thing. Um, hi, Hall. Um, thanks for joining, and we appreciate your time here. Uh, my name is Kenny Raj, and I'm based of New York. been with uh, Amazon for five years exactly. I got my yellow badge, so I'm so happy. Um, um, and I'm a senior solution architect uh, for AWS, um, and I'm focused on strategic ISV accounts. One of the account I spend 80% of my time is Adobe. So um, I work directly with Adobe on the partnership opportunities, but I also work with uh, partners like Magento uh, to you know, uh, help customers um, on tapping into Adobe Commerce products or digital experience products. So I'm here working with Adobe directly, working with partners who actually help us to take Adobe AWS products to the customers to help, uh, help them to you know, succeed in their business. So that's what I do. My passion is always reading books. You can find me, Kenny Anthony, um, in LinkedIn, and you will see I'm always reading something, certifying myself. So... I enjoy reading and learning. Great. Thanks for that. And my name is Brent Peterson. I am a five times Magento master and uh, now the program has been retired. So there will be only five years of Magento masters. There is going to be um, Adobe champions coming up and uh, I don't know if I'll be an Adobe champion or not. Uh, I am also an Adobe insider. So I was invited to 2019 to be part of the Adobe insider program uh, at the Adobe summit 
I was invited again last year and this year, 2020 and 2021, um, as an Adobe Insider. I've been working on Magento since 2009. I started as one of their first unpaid moderators on their website. I asked so many questions and then learned so much that I could answer so many questions. And I was also a pretend developer for about three years on Magento. Uh, I then transitioned into Wagento, um, and I am currently the president of Wagento, which is an e-commerce company, uh, funnily enough. And if you notice our name, Wagento, it's very similar to Magento, um, and uh, that uh, it kind of shows uh, uh, what we focus on. But today is not about us. It's about our clients and how we can work with AWS and um, Amazon Web Services. Uh, Madeline, can you go back to the agenda really quick? So today we're, we are going to talk about the client, and in this case, the client involves a thousand different clients under, under an umbrella, why they went with AWS. We had some challenges. We came up with a great solution, a timeline that worked well for every one of those small clients. And then we came up with, uh, I wouldn't say exactly a cookie cutter, but a model that worked uh, on scale. And then we're going to just give some results of how, how that worked out. I think, though, we're going to start now with Kenny. Uh, and he has some, uh, some background on, on AWS and some of the exciting things that are happening in the Adobe Commerce world, uh, which we should now call it Adobe Commerce and not Magento Commerce. It's Magento Open Source, which also works fantastically well with uh, with AWS, and I would recommend anybody doing it on AWS. But so, go ahead, Kenny, I, I I go ahead and tell us about uh, about AWS and some of what you're doing. Sure thing. Thank thank you, Brent. Thanks. This is a great introduction. Um, you know, once again, thanks for everyone who's joined this call. Um, it's evident uh, that the customer experience is a key differentiator if you are an e-commerce or a retailer, right? So the pandemic has set um, a trend where customers are now focused more on online purchasing. So th there are a few questions that you need to ask before you go for setting up an e-commerce application, right? That to help and enhance your business, right? As consumers shift to online, you know, you, there are a few questions, important questions. I'm going to talk about this important question and, you know, say why AWS in kind of an overview, right? This and but you know, if you have any follow-up questions that I, I should be able to answer in the chat. Um, so the questions are is your e-commerce application website, you know, built with a scalability and, and elasticity. Else there is a lot of chance, right? The customers may lose interest. I mean, it is within seconds they will lose interest and you know move out of that particular product to a different product. So are your team using a scalable and elastic environment to glow global in minutes, scale up or down, right? Can your e-commerce application support omni-channel um, you know, orders? Is your IT team, the most tricky part of e-commerce application is like as the customers, you know, surge is coming and in all, using the online purchase. And as they come in, you know, you have to make sure, uh, you know, um, the infrastructure is scalable and automated. You know, rather your um, your infrastructure team coming and spending the entire time on managing the infrastructure rather than innovating, right? So that's few things that you know you need to consider when you know managing the e-commerce application. We all witnessed and may have personally experienced, uh, you know, the 
online ordering, what happened in the last few years as we cannot go out, the purchasing towards the online trend was going up. And, uh, you know, and that's, that's when the you know, e-commerce or retailers realized, you know, how uh, to enhance the e-commerce experience for their customers. Customers choose AWS because, right, e-commerce is a global, most of the retailers grow global and, you know, they need a global outreach. So customers choose AWS because e-commerce companies today provide, um, you know, would need a global outreach and they need um, infrastructure that they can tap into, uh, you know, across the globe. AWS is the most experienced cloud provider. I'm going to talk about a small slide next, uh, you know, it's coming up, you know, why we are, um, you know, and the top most provider in the cloud as of now, right? And there's a main reason we are unusually customer focused, but uh, now let's talk about the region. So um, customer, AWS is the most experienced provider, number one. And because of that most experience, we have 25 regions across the globe comprising of 81 availability zones. Right, a region here is a physical location across the world. So you may have your customers in US, or you may have a customer in Europe. You may have a system that needs to be provisioned in Europe. So you have a regions, and you have a availability zone within a region. Right, a physical location. A physical location is Virginia. Within Virginia, three separate AZs, and AZs have you know discrete data centers. Availability zones or AZ is not, uh, you know, where our you know, servers sit or our infrastructure sit. AZs has a, you know, discrete data centers, one or two. The reason why we actually spread this out with a low latency network, with a redundant power, redundant network connection is to make sure, you know, it, uh, your system when you, you know, do and deploy an e-commerce, you know, you have that high availability that, you know, if you want to tap into the high availability, you have high availability option for you to, you know, configure and set, you know, set up. The availability zone, like I said, um, you know, is, a, a, is separated by a meaningful physical distance. So let's say you have a couple of web servers that you want to put. Um, and you, the, if you put them closer, the chances are, you know, when there is kind of an um, unfortunate, uh, you know, uh, failures, the entire rack goes down at a power outage or, you know, the climate issues, your, both of the servers can potentially go down. But if you have a low latency network, very low latency network, and then you have both servers separated with a meaningful distance, like up to 60 miles. So if something happens, again, your customer can still operate, your business can still operate on an e-commerce application because, you know, you have web servers, uh, you know, configured in a different availability zone. So that's the one of the key, wherever you want to glow global and if you want to tap into the high availability and the, the way that AWS infrastructure is designed helps customer to you know, build e-commerce application that can enhance the experience, um, purchasing experience for the customer, right? Um, likewise, we have several um, uh, families of Amazon Elastic Compute Services. So in other words, servers, customers can pick and choose what servers they want. They don't have to worry about provisioning. They can glow global, global in minutes. So if there is kind of a promotional event, 
You can say, I need, you know, you can plan out, I need uh, 10 servers. You can just, you know, do a configuration to go up and then automate it by, you know, saying that if my server utilization is less than 60%, I would just go down. So scale up and scale down whenever you want. Um, you know, that's another additional uh, op opportunity with AWS. You don't have to, you know, guess the infrastructure needs and you just pay for what you use. If I turn off this power light, um, you know, I don't have to pay. And if I turn on, I have to pay, right? So that's the benefits of, you know, going global um, and, you know, using a cloud provider and a most experienced cloud provider, which can help customers. And we have thousands of customers using AWS you know, services and in helping the, you know, in their uh, businesses, right? And um, next is security is our number one um, focus for our customers. AWS have 50 plus uh, security and compliance certification. Um, and, and also we have security services that we offer and for customers to basically use those security services and protect the environment from unauthorized access or you know, um, denial of service or DDoS attacks. Um, so um, that's, that's, you, that's something that we offer in the security. And, and what, what happens, right, for, for a customer, um, you may have a data center now, you want to basically you know, um, move to a cloud infrastructure. Number one, you want to, don't worry about infrastructure, I'll focus on my business, right? So that's, that's a focus. And your first step of business transformation is using compute, storage, and network services uh, that we offer. And then, as you uh, as you get that cross, you know, agility, the you know, the speed and the high availability that you need, the next step of business transformation is for you to basically tap into the innovation. Uh, your co certain companies may have, you know, uh, their own scientists or you know, uh, research and development. Um, you know, we, you know, department within that company, right? And uh, they, some companies may have a scientist, and some companies may don't have, may, may not have a scientist or you know, R and D development. So for all those purposes, AWS has a machine learning um, capabilities that you can tap into. We have broadest and deepest set of machine learning capabilities that you can, you know, tap into. So if you have an R and D department, they need an infrastructure. Uh, cloud infrastructure for your machine learning workloads, you can tap into that. But if you are looking for a fully managed, um, you know, um, AI, artificial intelligence services, for an example, uh, you want to, uh, within few clicks, you want to basically integrate uh, an Amazon personalized uh, a machine learning service that amazon.com use to recommend products for the customer, to enhance a product recommendation for your customers. It is available. You don't have to do anything. You have to go and select that service, couple of configuration. It is done. If you want a cloud managed and you know machine learning managed, a contact center, right? Um, for for customers, you can al also use Amazon Connect and whatnot. Next is the analytics. We have broadest and deepest set of analytics tools that you know cloud native tools that you can set. You can bring data from your e-commerce application or a different application understand what, you know, customer uh, is doing with every click and, you know, enhance and do an analytics on, on top of it. Um, so there are, there are much more that you can do outside uh, the infrastructure. Um, that's the primary reason customer, you know, um, have used AWS and uh, 
if, if you need more information on different customer use cases, you can go AWS search for AWS customer uh, case studies, on compute storage and network and find out more. Awesome, next slide please. Another reason, uh, right? So um, every planning section, product planning session that we have within AWS revolves around our customer discussion. So when we speak to you, we listen to you and whatever we listen, we take that back and our product features and roadmap are prioritized based on what customer wants, not what we want. We listen to you. We understand your needs. We take that, and that is our mantra. That is our key to success. We are unusually customer-focused. So all the services that come, um, like whether it's a data warehousing solution or you know the different compute instances that we have, we listen to you, and then we actually innovate. That is why I said there is no compression algorithm for experience. Um, um, AWS has been a leader for 10th consecutive year in magic quadrant, uh, you know, uh, Gartner's magic quadrant uh, for the cloud infrastructure as service. And, um, you know, the, we feel that the, the primary reason for this is we are focused on customer, we are enhancing the infrastructure, you know, our infrastructure uh, region is uh, not just a physical location, but it has multiple availability zones. And within the zones, we have data centers, Within that particular AZs, we have plethora of services. If you don't want to, if you're looking for a core services, outside core services, like machine learning analytics, we have 175 plus services which can help you in a different aspects to help, you know, to help enhance your journey. Next, next slide. So this is the reference architecture for deploying Adobe Commerce uh, in a merchant managed or partner managed way. Right, a more detailed version um, of this particular architecture, the uh, you know can be for you know um, read. If you if you want more details on this, you can visit our AWS White Papers website. Uh, we have much details how this architecture works. But on a high level, in this architecture, Adobe Commerce uh, uh, is installed on Amazon Elastic Cloud Compute. You can. Uh, you can say it is a virtual machine, right? Um, uh, which is deployed on a highly configurable, highly available way, right? Last in the last slide, I talked about region availability zone. So we you see one one web server and one availability zone, one web server and one availability zone, right? Which is actually distanced with by by like up to sixty miles, right? So if you if you see the red side white block goes, you still have the right side white block still there. It not only web servers, we are talking about the cache engine, um, you know, search engine, and you know, the database. Everything is redundant here based on this architecture, right? So your um, your web servers are deployed on um, you know highly available zone. It is fronted by Varnish page cache uh, to accelerate your web page uh, speeds, like when you search. Um, on the back end, we have four um, AWS services, um, mainly Amazon Aurora for MySQL, which is a distributed fault tolerant and self-filling storage system. So you configure a database, you configure it in such a way it is a fault tolerant, right? It is distributed. If something happens, 
your 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 business still continue to just because you already configured in a highly available environment and then we have an amazon elastic cache for redis right typically it is a in memory cache engine um, uh, when you need to have that experience for the customer they should not see the slowness uh, you know the, you do all the ways that you can to enhance your architecture to have a better customer experience so here is an elastic cache for redis that you know the, the um, this architecture provides and uh, it is basically helps you with a frequently queried database queries right um, it will cache it and you know provide that information to you and then we have Amazon Elasticsearch um, uh, to cost effectively manage at scale. Uh, as of version 2.4, um, you know, Adobe Commerce requires uh, Elasticsearch to be a catalog search engine um, when you are deploying this architecture. Um, so that that's something that you want to know. Amazon supports it, uh, uh, you know, up to this date, and you know you can still configure it in high highly available way. Lastly, we have um, Amazon Elastic File System. So you have a website, you have pictures that you want to store, the medias that you want to store. Uh, it is a highly um, um, available network file system um, where you can store the pictures and it is redundantly copied based on how you configure the system. Um, again, um, the Adobe Commerce team has um, also introduced uh, uh, Amazon S3, another storage uh, mechanism, right? In replacing a network file system with a blob storage, which is most cost effective for customer also. As of 2.4.2, you can directly uh, put your media files in S3 and, uh, and store your media files there. So these, these are the important architecture that customer uses and you have the high availability, what uh, e-commerce application needs um, to give the, the best customer experience when customers are in the website. Although all these four components can be directly configured on Adobe Commerce instances, but using AWS services reduces the management scope. Example, Amazon Aurora, you have to, it's a fully managed service and you don't have to worry about upgrades, OS patches, et cetera, right? Um, uh, it, it reduces the management scope um, for the merchant and adding scalability and modularity benefits as you configure the system um, in AWS. And there is an automatic ba backups, um, you know, so your um, infrastructure management scope is reduced and your team can focus more on innovation, you can enhance the customer experience. Now, uh, with that, I'm going to turn it over to Brent uh, to talk more on how Universal uh, Music Group have uh, used uh, similar architecture um, uh, and um, you know how they are using Amazon and how the Adobe Commerce is helping that business. Over to you, Brent. Great, thanks. Uh, thanks for that background, and that is a fantastic explanation of all the different pieces. A very small part of the pieces that Amazon offers us uh, as solutions for our uh, for our clients that will deliver great, great websites. Uh, today, I wanted to talk about uh, Universal Music and uh, and some of the things that we did for them on uh, Adobe Commerce. At the time, it was Magento Commerce, but how we deployed uh, over 200 stores and uh, and had a system in place that that allowed for 
flexibility, customization, high volume, quick turnaround. It was multi-country, multi-language, multi-region, uh, using all these tools from Amazon that really helped us leverage those aspects to make a successful um, site launch. Uh, next slide, Madeline. Um, so the challenge was that uh, Amazon or uh, Universal Music has thousands of artists. They have about a thousand artist stores. Uh, and <clears throat> each of those stores, each of those artists has an artist manager that would dictate what they wanted for a specific artist. So you have one client, but you really have a thousand clients. Um, each of those stores wanted to be customized. Uh, most of the time they had a Drupal site or a site built on a CMS system where we had to match the look and feel of the Magento store. Sometimes it diverged from that. Um, they also had a quick timeline. So there wasn't a three months or six month ramp up period. It was usually two weeks, four weeks where we wanted to get that store live and get it live quickly. Uh, as I said, each theme was unique and then in addition to that, there was often times where changes happened every single day. And uh, if you are in the development world, you know you don't want to do deployments during the day. However, if you do have some somebody that has a lot of sway and they say, this has got to go live right now, uh, Amazon, using Amazon Pipelines, helped us to launch and deploy uh, code quickly, efficiently, with almost zero downtime. Now, and remember, we started this in 2017 when Magento 2 was only a couple years old. Uh, it's matured a lot since uh, since 2017, but we the tools that we use on top of Amazon allowed us to deploy and sometimes have zero downtime. Uh, if there was a database update, we would have maybe 30 seconds of downtime. It also allowed us for reversing if we had to do a, a rollback. Uh, next slide, Madeline. Um, so <clears throat> as I said, every store um, needed to be launched in 14 to 45 days. Uh, this, uh, if you are in the development world and you are developing on top of Magento, you realize that there is some challenge in this and that that challenge encompasses a lot of, um, a lot of customization on the front end, a lot of customization in the back end. Uh, so using both the tools that we built in-house, but, but mainly the tools that we built on top of Amazon, we were able to meet some of the, we were able to meet those requirements of a quick launch. Uh, while still giving that customization that couldn't have been met with another platform. Um, having, you know, some platforms would give you some of the tools that we wanted, but all the different aspects that we brought in from all over the different parts of, uh, of the community and Magento and different services were brought in and then customized inside of uh, of our Magento application. And then we were able to deploy those front end stores quickly. And as I go through some of these slides, we'll see uh, what was encompassed and entailed in that. Next slide, Madeline. Um, the uh, scalability and timeline for on top of AWS, specifically allowing for regions and scalability allowed us to um, both have a smaller store that would have uh, maybe a couple thousand visitors a day to a large store that would have tens and tens of thousands of visitors, visitors a day to uh, high volume, high impact stores that would have 
you know, 40 or 50,000 visitors a minute. Uh, so using all the tools that we had in front of us from Amazon, we were able to use auto scaling as a mechanism to help us scale across regions uh, and zones, and then allow for high traffic coming to those stores, delivering at the same rate of response time from the servers themselves. And this allowed us for uh, not only the ability to scale on demand, but automatically scale when we weren't quite sure when something was going to happen. So for example, if we were told that you know, on a Friday, we might get 4,000 visitors. And so we, we, we developed some of the, or we, we got the infrastructure ready and maybe we warmed up some of that infrastructure to be ready for that, that scale. Uh, but suddenly we got 40,000. Uh, Amazon was able to keep up with that traffic without collapsing um, and help, this, help that um, user interactivity on the websites maintain that consistent uh, feel, look, and response time that, it, that clients expect of that store. Madeline, next slide. Um, going on with the, um, with, with the multiple regions, this not only allowed us to launch stores in the United States, but then launch stores in Germany, Canada, France, Australia, across any region that Amazon had in their, uh, in their portfolio. And I think, Kenny, I think you said there's something like 80, 80 different regions now represented It is 25 regions, and within that 25 regions, we have 81 availability zones. Okay, so 25 regions, 81 availability zones, which meant that uh, we could be close to every one of those customers as possible to deliver the highest impact for speed and usability for all those sites. Madeline, next slide. Um, I mentioned that uh, we reuse some code um, and we reuse the backend 99% of the time. And we did this by using the tools that Magento gave us in terms of Composer and how we built out particular components on top of Composer. And um, if you were to think of it in sort of, in sort of a, uh, a puzzle, we could bring in and build specific features on the back end of Magento using all of our different libraries and then attach a front end to the Magento store and launch that. So 99% um, of the time we're, we're launching a store that had the same fulfillment center, the same payment gateway, the same um, uh, connections to Salesforce and things like that. But the front end always had to be different. So this allowed us to build this sort of model that allowed for a number of different services. Not all stores required all of the services. And we built out about 170 different backend integration models that would be put together at the time of production and then launched. This also meant that we could easily launch a custom store that had a lot of custom features in it and use those custom features over and over again. So we learned from that was that Amazon allowed us to take some of those features, put them together, 
put them into a pipeline, launch them, and have that store live and ready within minutes. And I think Kenny mentioned earlier that store that you know a lot of times nowadays that clients want something done in minutes. And as fast as you can spin up a server and get it live, that's as fast as it's going to take to launch a store. It might take a, a few more minutes to to actually spin up a whole server, but. Uh, the, the idea here is that you want to have something up and running and you can check it and make sure it's working and then have it live for all of our customers. And in, in the slide here, I'm showing uh, the Sound of Vinyl site, which was one of our earlier sites that we built for uh, Amazon or for, for Universal Music. And uh, that allowed for a, a large variety of vinyl records to be sold, but also allowed for us to attach a digital download along with those records. So that was a really a multiple faceted um, solution that gave, uh, gave really great results for the end user. And in this case, the end user was Universal Music or one of their artists for Universal Music. Madeline, next slide. Um, the flare, uh, the cookie cutter flare or custom flare, as I said, uh, didn't just stop at at the back end. So we did we did reuse some of the front end components, and Adobe Commerce offers out of the box uh, the functionality of multi currency, multi language, um, and uh, multi multi warehouse inventory systems. Uh, in this case, um, the the best the the best part about Magento is if you do want to launch in a region where it doesn't, it might not have that language, that language pack is probably available and done by the community. So early on, Magento was adopted in the German, the, the DACA, DOC, DOC community. Uh, a lot of those languages are available across every country in the world, and they make specific language packs for specific Countries like Mexico has a different Spanish than than Spain has a different Spanish, so we were we we're able to take all those different pieces and put them into this for the front end user experience and give a a broad reach to different areas, different people, uh, and different countries. Uh, and in this case, we could also offer different currencies, uh, including euro, dollar, um, UK pound. Uh, Australian dollar, all those different uh, stores could, all those different um, languages and currencies could be done in one instance of Magento. Um, I should back up and say that we did not, this was not done as a multiple, multiple instance Magento store. So if you, if you know how Magento works, it does work on, you can run multiple stores on an instance. We would only do that particular brand in that instance. This also gave us the ability to scale up and scale down based on need of that particular store. The complexity in that happened with AWS in terms of we need to have a separate instance for uh, for a specific store. It's not a shared instance for all Magento stores. If we did do a shared instance for all Magento stores, we're looking at sort of more of a SaaS or a PaaS-based model where we could then have one big uh, Amazon infrastructure layout and in that layout, we could have one big instance of Magento. We did not do that. Um, part of it was just for scalability reasons. Part of it was for usability regions, reasons. Uh, in the back end of this particular solution, we put in order an order management system called MOM, Magento Order Management. And that management system then tied together all of these stores. And at the, at the end of the day, we did end up building about 300 channels for sales. 
Uh, and that included both the web stores, but also um, multiple language and regions as well. Madeline, next slide. Um, so what was the result of that? The result was that we did end up launching 200 stores. Uh, and we did that in about 12 months. So if you if you have developed on Magento, you know that that is a um, that is a challenge in itself on on doing that. Um, and uh, we were able to build out this infrastructure on top of AWS, Amazon Web Services. Uh, and in this case, we won the award in 2019 for uh, best sales channel growth for a merchant. So uh, over two, as I said, 300 channels, but 200 stores built on top of, uh, of um, Amazon Web Services and Magento Commerce. And I think Madeline, is that, uh, I think that's the end of the slide deck. We can go to some questions. Oh, I forgot about this. All right, so uh, in-person events, um, and then we'll go to questions. Um, and this one is directed right to Gary Smith. So drink beer, talk AWS. Um, we are doing an in-person event at um, Lodonia Cerveceria here in Minneapolis on July 29th. Uh, and uh, we are welcoming anybody for a non-sales pitch beer tasting event uh, that would, and then you would have the opportunity to talk about Magento or Amazon. Uh, and uh, we're excited to have in-person in Minneapolis. All right. So uh, if there is any questions, uh, let's, let's get those out in the open now. And um, you can put those questions in the chat box qa box qa box sorry qa box um and kenny maybe you have a question no it's 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 good kenny what was what has been the largest volume of clients that you've, or largest volume, volume of concurrent users you've managed on an AWS Magento store? I don't have that information, but if you go uh, on the public references and look for MyDress uh, based on Hong Kong, um, you know, some of, um, you know, we have, I think, a um, um, couple of more case studies around that. So it's the largest, um, website so you, you should be able to see you know based on how famous this business are potentially a large thousands of hundreds and thousands of customers you know hitting the website and I, you know one of the um from the scalability point amazon.com operates on aws e-commerce retailer right so um, it uses aws so that's the best example and magento uh, is one of uh, our Adobe Commerce is our partner, and we have reference architectures around that. So customers have given who are willing to give a public reference have actually mentioned what uh, the scalability can do for them, elasticity can do for them, right? So there are a few customers who also actually go beyond this infrastructure requirement. They tap into the higher level innovations, like I said. You know, um, Amazon.com uses uh, Amazon Personalize and a service, uh, artificial intelligence service offered by Amazon um, Web Services. So you can tap into those services with a couple of, uh, you know, a few 
clicks, you can install those personalized AI, artificial intelligence along with your website. So it will enhance other products. So customer who bought this also bought this. Are you interested to you know, buy this product? I have bought a lot of products in Amazon.com based on my personalized search. So if you are looking for uh, machine learning that goes along with Magento or contact center, right? So you want to basically answer customer, where is your orders? And you want to tap into the Magento information. So whatnot, there are different ways that you can actually you know, use Amazon. Yeah, there's a question from Lauren. Um, Lauren is asking, can we launch Magento Commerce or Adobe Commerce on top of AWS? Yes. Adobe Commerce reference architecture is, you know, there. So if you need, um, um, you know, you, there, if you type AWS, maybe I'll, I'll put it in the chat, the architecture, the white paper, you can reference that how it is done on AWS. If you have any questions, uh, you can also reach out to Vegento. They've been doing this for Universal Music. And, uh, you know, it's uh, um, since they have automated it, that's what I heard from Brent during this discussion. It's, it will be a quick installation for you. Yes, it, it is done on AWS. A uh, question from Joe about um, slowness. It Sometimes uh, he says sometimes the the slowness is blamed on the host. What's some tools we can use to diagnose some slowness in a website? Um, the a couple of ways to answer this question. If you see the architecture diagram, right? Um, for your frequently accessed database queries, you have um, a cache, elastic cache, right? You don't have to eat the database again and again to pull that queries when there are concurrent users. You can cache them and give to the users. The second is the, um, the CDN, right? Content Delivery Management. If you see the architecture, what um, uh, Brent has showed you, or in the architecture, what we have showed you, Magento.com, um, Adobe Commerce comes up with a varnish, um, you know, a page cache engine. So it basically accelerates the speed of your website. The third is the number of users. Let's say you have a configuration um, which is done for a thousand users, and all of a sudden there is a promotion. Something happens. You see like forty thousand users come in. Um, there are architectures like auto scaling. Um, you can. What happens at the back end is basically understands, okay, the I my CPU utilization, my memory utilization is said to be 40% or 50% here. When it reaches more than that, let me go and you know um, 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 configure additional two servers to help with the um, the workloads that you're getting, additional workloads. The different way you can architect architect outside what you can do within your uh, Magento or Adobe Commerce website and how you configure that. But from the infrastructure, it is automated. And there is an automatic alarm that you can trigger based on the page, you know, the work, uh, workloads are, that you see in the Adobe site, plus the architectures like caches, uh, uh, both on databases as well as on the web servers are going to help you with the speed of your websites. A uh, message here from Jerry, or um, uh, I'm sorry, a question about 
protecting ourselves from attacks like DDoS? Uh, how does Amazon help us on that? Um, couple of ways, right? So they are going to target your web servers, right? So the front-end web servers. So if you see the architecture, what uh, Brent has showed is yes, a CloudFront. Um, CloudFront can is is basically um, comes up with a kind of a protection for DDoS. Um, you can actually go and configure an additional service like a web application firewall that Amazon provides or AWS Shields, which can basically you know give you that protection. So all of a sudden you see kind of uh, your website being exploded by you know the DDoS attacks. The web application firewall, you can actually uh, make configuration to see, hey, I, I don't want, uh, um, you know, I want these, I mean, configure in the way that this region has the best priority, et cetera. Then the shield will protect, also give you an additional um, options for you to, you know, um, provide you the infrastructure when the DDoS attacks are there. It also comes up with some machine learning to understand what are the different uh, you know, ways that traffic comes in and if, if it understands, so this is going to be, um, you know, not the uh, right traffic from the customer, you can configure or it is, it will, the, the shield will protect you from those DDoS attacks. So like I said, 50 plus compliance certification out, outside those security certification, we have plethora of security services that you can actually use from AWS to configure and protect you from DDoS attacks. Great, Kenny. I appreciate that. That's a good. Um, any other questions out there? Um, a question from Joe in Minneapolis. What's the best place that a developer can get started and learn on how to deploy a, a basic system? So um, there are, um, uh, I mean, from the Magento side, I'll give you a couple of uh, you know uh, tips around there. Currently, we have an older version of Magento Quick Start available. Um, Brent talked about uh, automating uh, the deployment. So, what we use is a service called Cloud Formation. Um, we actually configure the system, and you say, "I need to deploy a couple of servers, you know, a database." We put that parameters and click deploy. At the back end, the you know the, our code basically deploys the web servers for you, and it you know does the installation files, installation.sh, whatever configuration that needs to be done, and provide you that um, you know Magento website. So um, I'll give you that uh, you know the link. So that's the best way. Basically, you can actually go to the quick start, even though it is an older version. It provides you an opportunity to deploy and see how AWS console works. If you're talking of outside Magento, um, you know, there are, if you go and search for AWS certifications, uh, you know, um, that provides you um, the list of things that you can do to basically tap into the certification. There are some free tier accounts that you can actually use as small instances. You can launch it and try to, you know, develop a small website, or even you can use Amazon Web in S3 uh, object store where you can host your static website that you develop. There are multiple ways, but the first stop, if you're learning how AWS services work, click on AWS certifications and find out uh, AWS solution architects, AWS developer certificates, which can help you. 
And Kenny, as I remember that there are some free instances of, of EC2s that you can use for a short time. Is that still the case? Uh, if you call, if you go and call, you know create an AWS console, it gives you a free tire uh, you know options for some of the services. But um, I would say, as a customer or as a user, you just read out those uh, free tire um, you know information and the you know what is eligible and what is not, and you know within the limits. Good thing the you know when I started to learn AWS, um, I used free tire. Amazon, like I said, they come up with like, um, you know, I work for their company, but at that time when I was learning, um, you know, I don't want to basically get a $1 million bill, right? So uh, something I did not know. So the first thing um, I learned is to set my billing alarm. So I, I just said, um, I said to the console, the, my account, if my bill goes more than $1, alert me my, in my system, right? So you can create that billing alarms use that free tire, usually, you know, you'd be able to quickly play around to, uh, you know, learn few services with that free tire. But if not, if it is not a free tire, you'll also get that information. Um, when you create an account, go and explore that cost explorer or the Amazon building, set up the budget. If you're worried about how oh, my bill is going to be high, and then, you know, um, it's going to alert you, uh, you know, if it is going to go high. And you can also remedy it if it, if, if un, um, unwanted servers are there, there are services that you can sniff around, right? And say, hey, you know, there is a server there and I need to shut it down, right? So um, multiple ways. But this way to start as AWS certifications. Great, thank you for that. Uh, and I'll just note that there are pre-built uh, solutions as well and Bitnami and things like that. If you wanted to just spin one up and try it, you'll have to probably pay for those, but there are pre-built solutions out there that can be spun up quickly on Amazon as a an example in trying it out. And as a, another note about a year ago or a little more, I, I did spin up an AWS micro server with Magento um, with Magento PWA Studio, and I got it to load in less than two seconds, and I think that was on the free tier. So you can get sites running quickly. I didn't put any load on it, but it was the, it was the, the free tier, and uh, it is. I'll just say it was quite easy to get things running. All right, I don't see any other questions, so uh, I think uh, it's been a good nearly an hour. Thank you, Kenny, for joining today, and it's been a lot of fun. Thank you, Madeline, for moderating. And again, uh, we have an event coming up on July 29th in Minneapolis at Cerveceria La Dona. And uh, as a, another note, we are planning an unconference in Orlando, Florida on January 21st, 2022 in person, along with an Adobe hackathon. Why wouldn't anybody yeah. not want to go to Orlando, Florida in the wintertime and have the opportunity to visit Disney World? Can you think of any other reason, Kenny? Am I invited? Absolutely. Okay. So much fun. <laughs> yep. Good. All right. I think that's it. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks, everyone. Bye. Thank you again for listening. My name is Brent Peterson, and it has been my pleasure to be your host today. Please rate and subscribe to Talk Commerce, new shows out every week.